guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week, we are sponsored by Volcano Coffee, an independent South London coffee roaster launched in 2010. The founder's from New Zealand and wanted to bring the great tasting coffees he had growing up to the UK while supporting the livelihoods of the communities who grow and support it. All the coffees are hand roasted, so you can get beans, ground coffee, and pods, and they're available to buy online and in coffee shops. This delicious coffee is served in the best independent cafes and restaurants across the UK, including River Cafe, Claridge's, and Nobu. Coffee is ethically sourced. Farmers are actually paid over double fair trade, and it's a carbon neutral company in the process of becoming a B Corp. It's the first specialty coffee brand to launch biodegradable pods in the UK, and they are a two-time Great Taste Award winner. And we can vouch for it because we have both tried, and it's absolutely delicious, although... I think Barry being the ultimate coffee fiend. Will, yeah, as a coffee connoisseur, yeah. <laughs> I can honestly say that it is delicious. And I have just put it in my um, bean to cup machine and the beans are fire. And I literally love the fact that it is the first coffee brand to launch biodegradable pods. I think that's incredible. Absolutely. So if you guys want to try Volcano Coffee, then head to their website and use code ForkingWellness20 in all capitals and get 20% off your order. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode. We are here with a guest this week and we are very excited to introduce you to Lisa Lister, who is author of Code Red. Hi Lisa. Hey, thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, And for anyone who's unfamiliar with your book and your work, please introduce yourself. Tell us um, a bit about you. Well, um, yeah, predominantly an author and um, a well woman practitioner, for want of a better word. We all know as women that um, kind of health and... um, wellness particularly around women's health and wellness is there's no medical funding for it like so we have to really navigate that ourselves so when I say that I'm a practitioner in it what I mean is it's someone that's got very geeky I'm very someone that's got very geeky about how my body works whether that's whether that's my menstrual cycle whether that's my fertility whether that's like what's going on down there like knowing what the fluid is whether it's blood whether it's juicy stuff that means I'm going to have great sex and whether you're going to have good orgasms so everything through from fertility right through to menopause really just understanding what's going on in our bodies on on much more of a practical psycho-spiritual perspective really and holding space for women as we explore that in a world Mm. that is really not set up for us as cyclic humans yeah (laughs) I think that's great and I think it's so important that we kind of open the conversation um I was actually like side note but when I was um with my uh partner and his mom recently um and I asked him to go something about like oh if you go to the shop can you get me some tampons and he was like yeah no problem and his mom was like oh my god I can't believe he said yes like 
my husband would have never like he would have run, <laughs> run out of the room if I ever mentioned period and like if there's a commercial on TV about something about the women's cycle he has to walk out and stuff like that so I think we are moving in the right direction um, about the honest conversations and maybe it's a bit less like I'm using air quotes but, like gross as it used to be um, mm. do you know what I mean oh for sure I mean so I've been doing I think I, well, I first wrote the book Code Red in 2000 and like 14, 15. And there was like very little um, kind of um, information out there. And I took that book to publishers and they were like, oh, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. So I self-published it because I needed it. Like if I needed it, then I knew other women would need it too. And like, thank goodness, because now like we can look on the bookshelves, we can see lots of books, we can see that there are lots of, like you say, lots of conversations happening in relationships, but like amongst girlfriends and also then amongst, um, you know, the people you live with, whether that's brothers, sons, you know, dads, like you say, just other people recognising that, ah, this happens. Oh, and... And, and also just for ourselves, like, to have the mm. conversation. Because then we just recognise, shit, we're not mad. Like, yeah. like, many of us, like, we just go, what's this about? And, like, most of our, and our, you know, most of our emotions, obviously we get impacted from the outside all day long. But most of that can be looked at through the lens of our menstrual cycle. So, you mm. know, you can see patterns unfold if you're aware of, of what's unfolding in your, in, you know, in your body each and every month. Mm. You are someone who bleeds. And so that's been pretty much like the kind of foundational space for the work that I've been doing and wanting to share with people is like, if we understand some of this, then because it's, it's, it's one of the one of the first things I hear is I think I'm going mad like I think I'm going mad mm. and then it's so easy to throw that statement at others right if they're kicking out about something if they're like, really like, if you're like whoa she is really overreacting <laughs> like, I think that's probably the worst thing that a man can say to a woman is oh you must be coming on your period or something like that I find that that the or of- are you hungry like Ashley said that's me before in an argument he's been like are you hungry (laughs) the most offensive like language in the world as if just because I'm getting upset or emotional about something that means that it has to be related to my menstrual cycle because and they're basically justified yeah and then if I wasn't hormonal then I wouldn't feel this way and I'd have a clear head Mm. for sure and I think that's the point right because weirdly like super super weirdly they are picking up on something right so if you are in a relationship with a dude and you're someone who bleeds there's a really good chance they are picking up on something when they say that but they haven't got the language so we take offense so we get pissed at them right Mm. and it's generally because we haven't we don't know what's happening so like if we don't know it's that like if we don't know like oh wait up I'm day 25 like I am like the goddess Kali Ma incarnate when I'm day 25, for example, like that is like, I am awful, like the rage in me, the rage. (laughs) But before I knew about, and and so I, you know, I've seen that pattern unfold each and every month. And I'm like, ah, I see you. Like, I see you. I know what you are. And then I think it's being able to explain to partners then like, look, this ain't to do with you like this rage is mine right like but you saying that is not gonna help but um understanding what it is for us 
so that we can then have the conversations with them so that then they don't necessarily like, they, they haven't got a vocabulary because we haven't had a vocabulary until very very recently mm. as to what's even unfolding for us so when we get used to the vocabulary like we can then share it with them like my husband used to take it so personally like like why are you having a go at me like what why don't, <laughs> why don't? I'm like and then you don't know so then you just like why don't you know and so then it gets <laughs> messy argument whereby if you do know you're like look dude this has nothing to do with you in your best interest mm. what might be really good is if you just bring me some chocolate and then leave me alone, <laughs> alone for a couple of hours just to be here in my own space and time in my own rage yeah dealing with it however I'd like to deal with it the thing is as well I think like and I'm one of these people who never even saw the importance of understanding the cycle and your period and it actually wasn't until recently where my husband and I were, you know, decided to try for a baby. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Let me look at my periods. And I was like, shit, like, why haven't I been keeping track properly and understanding more? So I would say to anyone who, like you said, has, is, you know, having a period, be, be aware of it. It's so that when you, you know, you are at a point in life where you need to understand it more, you've got the knowledge there already. Yeah. So, I, right? Sorry. No, I was going to say, I completely agree. I, for different reasons, started to track my cycle um, just because I was started to journal in the morning. And I just actually found, like, while I'm writing the day, why don't I just, like, write what day of my cycle is? Just yeah. so when I'm doing my moods and, you know, just, like, doing gratitude and stuff like that, maybe I can pick up on some correlations. And it, mm. it, it would just happen, like, supernaturally that I decided to do this. But up until probably two, three months ago, I would have never tracked my cycle um and I know that that is something that you speak a lot about about tracking your cycle and you've been able to identify your personality one thing you know like if people ask me like what's the one thing it feels like if you journal anyway right like add into that like journaling is the perfect example because also you will pick up patterns because you'll see that oh like when I'm pre-ovulatory and when I'm ovulation when, when I'm in my ovulation phase there's a really good chance like, that you can get like a lot of words done you can get shit done like it's mm. like you, you'll have pages and then that might change when you go into the second phase of the cycle as well right so you get to see like oh even my creativity changes like my ability whether that's like the the richness of the words you use like the juiciness of the language or even just like the mood that shows up through the journaling like that you might let loads of things go in that first half you might be like finding all the good things to be grateful for and then you get into the second half and be like there's nothing to be grateful for <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing I can't find right? so it's like no, but for me this the, like you say yes most women that are wanting to get pregnant this is when they find cycle awareness for want of a better mm. But if we were taught this from like a young age, like if we were taught this as soon as we bleed, like, look, just understand. You don't have to write it down. Not if you don't want to. But just having an understanding that your body moves through these energetic phases, like the physical, energetic, their spiritual, their psychological phases that we experience. Then like the self knowing, the the complete self understanding of who we are as 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 humans as as women would just my goodness like we would we would have this like you say a whole new vocabulary a whole new way of being we'd have figured out this whole pandemic stuff in a heartbeat we'd have figured out lots of you know like there, there wouldn't be the, the endless question in it it'd be like right these people do this these people you know we know ourselves if we know ourselves we can then 
support others and also like when you're in conversation like if you work with other women mm. like understand right okay so I'm here you know if if, if I'm if I'm pre-ovulation and you're in your pre-menstruation like I'll, I'll take some of that slack this week because I know that it's going to take you three times longer to do things than it's going to take me That's and now so we've, been, we've been brought up right in a world mm. where do 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 like we're in, either we're in competition with each other or we're like just kind of goal orientated get this done get this done get this done and in that first half of the cycle you kind of can the second half of the cycle you could but it's going to be a much more of a push because your energetic levels are just absolutely not as high and then it's going to literally you know you're being called in in that second half of the cycle the first half of the cycle is kind of a mirror of the world out there the second half of the cycle is where so many of us experience pain and um, discomfort disease and like the the kind of more emotional um like I was talking about the rage feelings, the the need to eat more. Like this, it's all it's all like laid out mm. <laughs> in the chart. Like the, actually, if we knew some of those things, then we could be much more supportive of each other in a workspace, in a relationship, in a in the world. And just more understanding of ourselves at that time of our cycle as well. Whereas some people, like you said, if you feel like eating more one week or one day, they're like, oh, what's wrong with me? Like, why is this happening? And it's actually our hormone levels. (laughs) And I mean, that is not my, I know that's your area of expertise, right? And this is not necessarily mine. But what I recognised was that, like, those carb cravings are real in that Mm -hmm. second half of the cycle, right? And yeah, if you're, like, doing some kind of... um, eating plan whereby it says like no carbs and then you're not giving your body what she needs mm. that then becomes another thing that is, it's almost like a tool that we beat ourselves with like you say it's like oh no I've eaten too much like well actually if we are in tune with our cycle you know which is a thing it's actually mm-hmm. a thing yeah if we are in tune with that then there'd never be like the need to go oh well I'm gonna have this much here and this much because in that first half of the cycle like your energy levels are high your hormones are rising like you can pretty much run and I shouldn't say this but you could run on coffee if you wanted to right like it's not (laughs) you will pay for it in the second half of the cycle I'm just putting my hands up I understand I understand this is wrong but a lot of things you can get away with in verticals in that first half of the cycle but know that you do kind of pay for it in the second half of the cycle so finding that real kind of holistic cyclical way of like eating being experiencing life means that that's where we find the balance Mm -hmm. you've spoken a lot about like the first half of the cycle versus second Mm. half of the cycle which I find really interesting would you be able to go through kind of like the different like pre-ovulation ovulation ovulation, like And what I, I just found it so interesting when you said that in certain parts of your cycle, you're more creative. Mm. And I think if we're able to highlight the differences of like the impacts of the different hormones on the t- the time of the month, essentially, I just find that breakdown to be really interesting for everyone to be a bit more introspective and understanding why we feel the way we do or why we do the things we do or even how to plan ahead. I was going to say, you could actually plan to do something more creative yeah. 
that week. It's so helpful. Exactly. It's so helpful to know. Like, honestly, I plan my whole life this way. So, yeah, let's go. So, pre-ovulating. So, anyway, every everything I share will be in really broad brushstrokes, right? Because no one has, like, the perfect cycle. Yeah, Not everyone right. bleeds 28 days. Yeah. The reason why I'm so passionate about cycle charting, for example, is because we then work out what's our normal. Because it yeah, can be right. that you, know, you bleed... 30 days but if you bleed 30 days every single month then that's your that's your normal mm-hmm. right whereas you know so it's it, that's so you work that out through so is the, that um the 30 days which is kind of like the what they tell us is how long a cycle is is that just an average so, so, so it's around 28 days so 28, 28 yeah 28 to 29 days roughly in the in the speech marks in the commas in like you know yeah <laughs> You know, people can have a regular cycle up to about 36 days. But what what I say is like you chart for about three to six months first and then you can start to see, right, OK, is this my pattern or is it highlighting something that I'm going to need to just get some support or help with? Because if that's happening because, um, you know, on a spiritual level, that that space can be that actually you need more time to release. You know, when I explain mm-hmm. the phases, you know, like there's a you know, it kind of creates a bigger space for us to process so mm. that when we bleed we fully release right but on a um but if you see that you're charting and like the first the first time you chart is 29 week um 29 days sorry and then the next month it's 36 and then the num- next month it's 24 then we start going hmm that's not a consistent pattern yeah you can find out what's going on in the body right so th- but th- then we've got some markers like we've got data stuff to, to yeah. a practitioner mm-hmm. this is smart bit like we hand all our power over to practice kind of doctors and nurses to kind of mend us and like we can collect we can collate the information and we're like look look we've got this Mm. yeah we support this I completely agree because like your menstrual cycle is a really good indication of your health status as well but it's often kind of like we get bloods and we get you know you know certain other measures taken and taken into account like oh are you skipping periods every few months or are you getting them regular things like that it is actually a really good indication of health and maybe like um body fat percentage or thyroid functioning there's a lot of other things that we can kind of figure out from a nutrition perspective what's going on um that can just add to the data points of your overall health which i think is what you were saying before that's juicy yeah that's great and it's great to even know the and and so in america they call it their fifth vital sign right so if you know like it's one of the it's one of the things that they look to Mm. when looking at a woman's overall health so if we can do our bit and i think and also it it keeps coming back to that kind of self-power bit right where we're like if we know ourselves we can then start to recognize each month if this feels good or if this feels it doesn't. You know, we start to then yeah. we're not we're not kind of cut off from the neck down. We're starting to really like go, oh, okay, what's she telling me? What's <laughs> yeah. going on here? Like, what's my body trying to tell me? You know, she's a <laughs> womb specifically is a messenger, right? She wants to tell us. Like yeah. she's so good at passing on the information, but we're just not awake and not all of us, but you know, yeah. and we are becoming more awake to it, right? But it's a practice and that's what I say to everyone is like you know a lot of people want this to be a five-point plan like when I speak about when I you know when I speak about the phases and, and everything it's like okay if I get the phases right and it's no like I, I'm just explaining it from my perspective and from the way in which I work with women so I've worked with I don't know thousands and luckily blessed thousands and thousands of women over the last however many years I've been doing this about 10 now I think like and 10 you know I've been personally doing it for 
17 and and it's become real work in supporting other women in the last 10 and seeing some of the familiarities that mm. come let's go through those so we've got pre yeah I have my pen ready I'm ready to take <laughs> so pre-ovulation is the days after you've you've so that so from the day you stop bleeding through to ovulation is this pre-ovulatory phase right so pre-ovulation is like this super flirty skirty kind of joyful energy it's new it's fresh it's exciting right so it's a new start like it's this great opportunity like your hormones and those hormones start to rise from the first day you start to bleed but whilst you're bleeding they stay quite low right so it's not until the bleed stops that they start to really start to rise just sorry just to be clear the first day you bleed is the first day of your cycle right for anyone that wants sorry, to try yeah. so maybe I should start there maybe I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> should I start there okay first day you bleed is like and, and, and when we're talking about the first day you bleed I get asked this quite a lot is that the little dots is that like when you get that little discharge or is it the full flow I personally take it as the day when there is full flow like yeah, when you're experiencing um, so count that as day one of your cycle then so from day one your hormone levels are starting to rise right but you're bleeding so you're in this beautiful cocoon really like and it doesn't feel like that I'm just being not not for everyone yeah like if you I can, I'm blessed I can say that now <laughs> as someone that has worked with their menstrual cycle for a long time that I really honor the shit out of my menstrual cycle right so I really walk the talk in terms of terms of I really try to slow down in this phase because you know we when we bleed what's happening is we're releasing so we're releasing everything so it's not just the blood it's not just the womb lining it's everything that we've accumulated in the previous cycle so things that people have said things that have like actions that have happened like if you've experienced shock if you've experienced pain if you've experienced joy like it's all held in your womb space and this is your opportunity to really either honor it to let it go to grieve it if you were waiting for a baby right like if you were hoping that that was going to be a baby then there's going to be grief there too right so all of this is released with the with the blood so those hormone levels are low which means your energetic levels are low so it means if we try and do so physical activity for example like keep that on the down low like that doesn't mm-hmm. even again there i'm blessed i teach and work with some really amazing trainers now who work with the cyclic nature of of, of us as women and those who bleed right so we can recognize that we need a real slow gentle nourishing movement if if any right? we do need some but depending mm-hmm. on how you're feeling I mean I've used it as an excuse many a time <laughs> back in the PE days at school that was a really good one but like now it's about just not anything that nourishes us is like here so this so you know that's the fir- that's those first and roughly that last five to six days, that's roughly. Then we move into pre-ovulation, which is this new energy. It's like this really yummy kind of fresh start. We've, we've, we've let go, we've released with the blood. And now we're moving into our hormone levels are rising. We've got more energy. We've got more capacity to think. Like, so, you know, our, um, our articulation is, is getting better. So we have like way more articulation in the pre-ovulation phase through to ovulation so if you're needing to have discussions if you're needing to make presentations if you're needing to kind of speak out loud pre-ovulation ovulation ovulation is your time to book that in 
There we go. Um, and, and so physically, you'll want to do more as well. Like, And it's a really good time to, what I've found is take risks. Like, so if it's a good time to plant seeds, like literally figuratively in, in terms of like ideas. So if you are starting a creative project, start in this phase of your cycle, like because your energy will match that of, of the project. Right. So you'll be like, oh, and you'll be more inclined to try things out and to do things a little like, yeah, like. And the critique isn't so tough in this part, right? So if you, like, you know, um, if you use social media, for example, things you share on social media time, like comments or, or things you see may not activate you as much as it would kind of in your premenstrual phase. So just know some, knowing some of this stuff is super helpful. Mm. Um, moving into ovulation phase, this is when if you're looking to get pregnant, you're going to get pregnant. Um, you know that they're not necessarily going to get pregnant but that you've got the capacity to mm-hmm. get pregnant um, it means that you you are given out all of the feel-good human like hormones right so your hormone level reaches its peak around again very broad brush strokes or anywhere between 12 and day 12 and day 15 depending on your cycle um and so if you're not wanting to get pregnant, then that's a really, you know, that's a good time to know that, you know, need to use whatever protection you're going to be looking at using if you don't use contraception, if you don't use a kind of oral contraception or anything like that. So what happens is our energetic levels are high, though. We can like we, we think we're the queen of everything here because ultimately we are like you can you know, that first bit is like kind of get shit done energy. It's like a really like so that pre-ovulation get shit done energy like here it's like i'm gonna bring it all into manifest like i can i can call in anything i can you know you just feel like you know you can strut around like your clothes and you'll recognize as well maybe that your clothes sense changes like the clothes you want to wear like so you want to be seen here in this phase it's like a be seen place because ultimately we would be looking for someone to kind of make babies with right so so we're at our most attractive here as well and for me it's just information that supports an understanding yeah so this is great like this is super good for having difficult conversations because you can hold you can hold your head here like it's very practical that pre-ovulation and the ovulation energy is very representative of the energy that's um that's currently in the world which is the kind of nine to five very linear very forward thinking goal orientated energy so it's much easier for us to navigate move into pre-ovulation however we come into a space and in pre-ovulation in pre sorry pre-menstruation we are representative of like that kind of space between um what am I trying to say it's 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 a pull in, pulled inward. So our hormone levels start to fall. And and then the things that we could do in that first half of the cycle, in the pre-ovulation and in the ovulation phase, in this half of the cycle becomes less important, one, but also our energy levels mean that we just can't maintain the same energetics as we had in that phase. And that's just facts. Like we still mm. get stuff done because we've learned how, because we're really mm. clever, because we can change and adapt. But at what cost? And usually that cost is at our own health and well-being, because most of us try and ignore this phase. So we kind of try and maintain that energy, keep it up, keep doing it. And so that's when the moods get messy. I get and like this phase is messy. Like and this is why people um, don't like it, 
because actually our tongue gets sharper. Like our ability, our intuition is way um, more accurate. So it's more of like an inner knowing is. And so this is the bit that's been suppressed. Right. So we've not been taught any of these superpowers, for want of a better word. Right. So we we push down that intuition, try and maintain the out there. Do this, do that energy. But in this phase, you're being called in. You're being called to assess. It's great for editing. So if you've got stuff to get done, whether that's like clearing out a wardrobe, whether that's like um, blog posts, whether that's like anything that needs like attention to detail in this phase, you like you have got it. But also know <laughs> that any I need that in my life. <laughs> yeah, right. good. There's like one day in my cycle, probably day 21 to 22, like where housework will happen. Like that's the only day. <laughs> yeah, I need that phase to last a lot longer than it does in my personality. My attention to detail is horrific. Um, so and it's there, I promise you, but it's is there. Like it really is. It's just whether you want to access it. For me, like I want to access the intuitive part, right? Like that's the bit that really in- interests me. But what I tend to access is this um, no filter um, part, which means that we get quite snappy or. or, or You're not going to take any shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have enough of <laughs> so, and And so it can mean that if we've put off conversations that we wanted to have in the first half of the cycle and we didn't, then it can be an interesting time to have those conversations that's what I'm saying your truth will be there like you you will only speak the truth but um whether that's gonna serve is is the <laughs> discernment that you have to practice and what I've realized is it is a such a phase for discernment because what happens in that first half of the cycle the pre-ovulation and the ovulation if we probably let a few things slide like I live with I live with my husband and so he will happily like you know leave a wet towel on the landing now I'll let that slide in the first two phases of my cycle (laughs) but in the second phase (laughs) or action quite frankly (laughs) that is like are you absolutely kidding me and and so you know through conversation (laughs) we now recognize that that's that's not a cool thing but yeah and I'm and I'm you know I'm I am joking but what can happen here is we can really get feel suppressed and repressed like our um our kind of the things that make like things we get angry about will really rise here and that's what we try and suppress like we're like oh god we can't be angry we can't be seen to be like because we've got to be the good girl we've got to be seen as um saying the right thing do the right you know do this do that still deliver still show up still kind of meet the deadline do the thing and so that's when so many of us experience kind of pain and disease in our kind of wound spaces because we have suppressed and pushed down this premenstrual phase so that when we get to the menstrual phase which is again we're back to the beginning where we start to bleed we let it this, go yeah which we, we hopefully can let it go but if you experience a lot of pain and and um at bleed then that can be because you've suppressed something or, or not addressed something in your premenstrual phase that is so not interesting in but just saying that it's a possibility and it's just understanding that that could be a case helps us to then see, ah, this is why we need the holistic kind of cyclic Mm. awareness of the whole cycle, all the phases of all the days so that we can start making, like I say, some good choices for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the only person that's going to benefit, right? Exactly. But 
everyone around you benefits too in the in the long mm-hmm. run, right like they might be like oh <laughs> as you kind of figure some of those things out as you start to recognize like whoa like I really think that I didn't mm-hmm. know that in your premenstrual phase you know some of that <laughs> like I have to you know I say to women that I work with I'm like look just preempt like it with everyone that you're with that you're just gonna be paying attention to your cycle for a couple of months Mm -hmm. because as you do you'll start to recognize things about yourself and things that you've let fly before won't fly now yeah Yeah. so people in your relationships are like whoa what's going on with you what's up what's happening like but like just letting them know like look I'm just working through some things just understanding myself a little bit better you will benefit just maybe not right now I find that really interesting for a few reasons. So some of the things that I picked up on of what you said is one, if I want to start a project, then I should start it at the beginning of my cycle. Um, Cause that's when I'll be the most kind of on it, the most creative, the most driven. And then by the time that I get to my pre-menstrual cycle, hopefully I'll be in the editing phase of my projects with like <laughs> a bit more of a finer eye um, attention to detail. Um, but then also I should try and schedule my feedback sessions with my like work manager, not in my premenstrual phase. I'm going to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> See what she said. <laughs> Why don't you just post your cycle into like an email chain? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this is when I'm best receptive to feedback, and this is when I'm not best receptive to feedback. Please schedule meetings accordingly but we joke about it like how much how kind of refreshing how oh, that would like, be amazing wouldn't it be just like yeah. oh, goodness like thank the lord for that like yes thank the goddess this is brilliant so yeah i mean <laughs> and that's the plan that's the plan like i'll put it out of office on my computer when i bleed like mm. your friend's bleeding be back after be back in three days like God, imagine if that was like standard like if we yeah. could all just do that but actually how- for me right because it's my work <laughs> but I also think like just letting that hopefully letting that kind of trickle out to people means like yeah you know, it just starts the the quality of work that one might put out or like you said how long it'll take us to do a task on those days versus something if it was at the start of our cycle you know um that's really interesting and I also just think like there's so many times where I'm like oh crap I didn't have the most productive week this mm. week and then I do feel a bit guilty and then I'm like yeah oh, then you beat yourself up for it yeah but I never once thought to kind of associate that with my menstrual cycle I always just thought like oh maybe I you know should have exercised in the morning or maybe I didn't drink enough water and those things can be related but I think it's when sure. you start to take this like 360 degree angle to um understanding everything about yourself to make the best decisions yeah exactly right and then it's and it's that like you say because of course there's going to be like outside influences of course like people are going to make you mad and or you're going to just have like a day where you didn't get enough sleep so you're knackered and so like yeah the work the workload feels heavier for example and there's just this really beautiful possibility that it could be that yeah I'm I'm pre I'm premenstrual and I just haven't got the capacity to get as much done as I did last week and yeah. so can I cut myself some slack can I do the top three things on my list and then maybe move that till tomorrow can I just give myself some nourishing food and then come back to it like there's you know there's ways in which we can start to because I think once we start to recognize it it's not what I'm really keen to make sure of is that we don't then make a list of things to beat ourselves up with like oh yeah of course yeah right like because because we, we you know I've, I've seen it and I've done it as well like oh now I know this 
and this is not happening for me and it might not be the same for you but what I shared you know what I've just shared with you is like a familiar pattern for a lot of people who bleed so it, it feels like a very familiar pattern lots of people who don't enjoy ovulation for instance or experience ovulatory pain really struggle at being out in the world like so it's more it's, it's also a reflection of that like if you're not someone who naturally speaks for instance and and then has to speak fine ovulation quite like oh it's all too bright like everything's too much like and you know so then they might experience ovulatory pain because it's like everything is so intense ovulation for them and so then we start to get nuances and then you start to get layers and then you start to understand that how it is for you is so specific but but you then do recognize you do have your own map and it mm. becomes a map that you can then work with so there is the familiarities that you might recognize with your with your girlfriends and with like sisters and and people and then there's these things that start to pop up and you have these like power days like where you go yeah that's when I'm going to do that because that shows up really regularly as you start to chart you're like oh yeah like I say day 25 like if I can help it I try mm-hmm. you know, for the benefit of others try not to be in conversation too much because unless that client wants my truth <laughs> like they might not want that kind of me whereas you know <laughs> the one that may kind of cut a head off at some point if they're so angry but yeah right. so, super helpful and I think like you said just so good for people to understand what phase of the cycle can determine maybe their mood or how they're feeling but um, I'd love to talk about as well how stress could affect this cycle if we've got like a really high stress job or you know something's going on personally one you know how can that affect the irregularity of periods and two kind of what does that mean and what can we do to maybe help regulate that and I know that you're qualified with um yoga and you've also got on your website womb yoga which I'm so intrigued by yes so can you just talk us through that (laughs) well I think so starting with the stress I mean so many um women's cycle so many of the people people that I've been working with their their cycle has definitely changed when there is an impact of stress because we hold on like you know it's our nature to hold tight to things right so when we hold tight like everything becomes constricted everything holds on and our blood is like nope she's not ready to release yet she's not ready to release yet so um you know we need to work through this we need to work through this and so then until we kind of can kind of work out our nervous system work with our nervous system to understand like okay this is not a threat this is not a danger whatever the situation is and if it's long term then we really have to like assess like the daily practices that we kind of invite into our life whether that's breath work whether that's like movement or or touch that nourishes us so that we can recognize like so that we can create you know for so many women their bodies aren't a safe space right so so much of what what you know in terms of the nourish the the womb yoga and and the yoga that I share in the world is about creating a, a safe space in in our body like mm-hmm. and, and however that looks and feels and whether it's even momentarily you know because we're so good at disassociating from our bodies because you know again we live in a world that doesn't want us to remember always that we're cyclic because in that second half of the cycle we can come in if we can understand that intuitive nature that instinctive knowing then we can trust ourselves a whole ton more so that we don't take on things in that first half of the cycle that we might have said yes to previously so that's generally what happens as we say mm. yes to things 
Go, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll come to this event. Yeah, I'll do that. Second half of the cycle, the truth kicks in, and you're like, I don't want to do that. Why did I say that? And that's what creates so much. Well, I mean, and it's there's many, many things obviously that create anxiety, but that's one of the main ones is that we say yes when we mean no because we just want to be good. We want to be liked, we want to be loved, right? So we say yes, and then we then spend like our second half of the cycle kind of beating ourselves up for saying yes to a thing, trying to get out of the thing, trying to avoid the thing, <laughs> whatever it is. And so that stress just creates a tightness within us and our nervous system kind of then works on that level. The cortisol means that like our bodies can't do the things that they that it normally does. And so our wounds get constricted and hold on for every, every, everything within us is just holding on for dear life, trying to survive. Whereas if we understand this cyclic nature, there's a hope that we can start to thrive in that space, right? Which is the idea. Um, so with the movement is, I just think, <laughs> like I was saying at the beginning, right? When you're bleeding, you don't want to be doing like big ass warriors, like holding mm. position. You don't want to be holding positions for hours and keeping this body restricted. It's understanding what your body needs that day. And so for me, every every session is simply an invitation. If I share yoga, it's an invitation. If I share um, phase by phase yoga, so a, a class would often be that I would work through the phases. So whoever was in the room, their phase would be highlighted, for example. But you would then recognize within that within that kind of um, practice what felt good and what didn't feel good for you. So you then you're then getting to to kind of get more so if there if there's big expansive movements and you're ovulating that might feel really good but if you're menstruating you can just lay down like just do what you do do what feels good for you again we're just taught like yoga is this you have to do this for me um and it's probably why I don't call it yoga so much anymore and I, I mean I am a trained yoga and teacher but I'm in a bigger body right so I'm tits ass boobs hips right you know I'm like I'm you know and yet I move and yet I'm glorious and gorgeous right in this body so it's it's like saying I I want to give people permission through movement however that is to nourish and move our bodies in ways that feel good Mm. as opposed to ways that we think we should ways that we're told because this will give you a tight belly and this will give you abs and this will and this will be good for this that and the other and it's like cool but like what do you want to do like if you want to dance dance like you know if you don't want to do like a half hour aerobic session in the morning but like you think you should but you'd rather put on like your favorite playlist and just dance your ass off for half an hour like that's going to be as juicy as Mm -hmm as the aerobic session and you're more likely to do it again because you love it it I mean it makes you know yeah I feel like we could talk about that for hours and how like actually like movement should be just as intuitive as our food choices and that intuitive movement also comes down to the time of the month and what you're feeling like you said before if you're in ovulation you're feeling really powerful you might benefit a lot more from kind of like an explosive um hip session yeah and then when you're or when you're on your period you just might want to lay in shavasana for like hours and that's fine um but yeah that is interesting in terms of like training plans and what people work out and like you know how that affects their motivation for exercise and giving that up and just like surrendering to what you actually want to do versus what you think you should do is is probably really powerful yeah I think so I think it's the key really recognizing like because like, it does keep coming back to that when we know our cyclic self better 
we just have more self-power. We just have more self-knowledge. And then when you have self-knowledge, you just make better choices for yourself. Like, you know, and they're not based on what somebody says is right and wrong. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, actually, I really need like carbs right now. My body really yeah. craving carbs, carbs, and I'm not going to punish myself for eating them. I'm going to eat them. And oh, actually, I just really, really want. And, and, and what I realized, and I never thought this was going to happen because I'm like, I was very, I used to medicate um, myself with chocolate um, and not not good cacao, not good chocolate, like, but like with really, you know, that was to medicate and numb like what was going on for me. So I didn't feel things. And then when like, like kind of moving, what really eating with my cycle has taught me is that actually, there are days, and I never thought I would say this in the world, where I crave a green juice, like where I crave like the nutrients of a green juice. And that is normally in that in those first few days that I've stopped bleeding. So those first few days of pre-ovulation. And that's not every day. So I don't have a green juice every day, but I feel when my body feels she wants it, I give it her. And actually, you know, it, I found that, you know, I've struggled with endometriosis, I've you know, and I still have it, but I'm working with it as opposed to against it. Mm. Um through and and eating has been like one of the keys like in terms of like you know just in terms of what food you put in and and kind of to nourish it rather than kind of inflame it really and and these are the things just recognizing like a non-inflammatory diet is the is is what serves me but it may not be what serves someone else depending on what's going on in their body and we don't know that until we start having this discussions till we start charting till we start understanding mm what's going on for us really yeah and it's like you said at some parts of your cycle you might want to sit and eat carbs and chocolate and whatever and at some points you might just want a really nutritious smoothie or bit of bowl or whatever it might be and that's like both are fine yeah I actually think this is like the perfect kind of way to wrap up because this literally just plays into so much that we talk about just like defining your own wellness and actually taking into consideration your cycle and starting to track maybe in those first half of your cycle you're gonna be really adventurous and try new recipes and then in the second half of the cycle maybe you're less adventurous don't push yourself and just revert back to the things that you know you love and give you comfort and you know so you feel secure and safe in that space Um, But I actually never really thought how much of our like intuitive eating or just listening to our body, how much of that can be affected by the different hormone. Like I knew it happened, but I actually like never really kind of thought to marry the days with the actions, if that makes sense. Um, Some hair because you get and for me, just last one from from me on that one is that like what a, a little treat I recognize in myself is if I prepare food for menstruation. Like I thank myself a lot for that because you're so love that. Like, that, you've, that you've prepared like some really good nourishing food so that you really don't have to think about it like what you were saying because then then that's when we make the choices that don't necessarily serve the body right so it's like mm-hmm. actually if I'm making my choices at ovulation I'm going right okay she's going into pre-menstruation and she needs some dinner that's going to be good for her so she's not reaching for all the snacks all the time and then like again I'm all about the snacks but like you know so that it's less yeah so it's just but it's it's been so helpful that there was like prepared meals ready for me to go when that bleed starts I'm like okay do you think I can sit back now she can like- I love that so our first half of the cycle we need to do some meal prep and freezing for the second half of the cycle and we can just kind of sit back and thank ourselves for preparing that um you give ourselves yeah. a really big pan of back and go yes girl, <laughs> for being so good <laughs> 
I love that, actually. I think that's fantastic. And I'm so happy that we were able to speak to you today. I, I learned so much kind of about um, the different phases of cycle matched with like different personality traits. And I'm going to start to incorporate more of that into my cycle tracking and just being a bit more in tune to that. Cool. No, thanks for having me. It's been amazing. Yeah, it's been amazing. You've been so lovely to chat to. And that's part of why we love the podcast as well, because we get to meet amazing people like you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And did you want to tell everyone where they can find you if they want to learn more about what you do? Yeah, of course. Um, so the book is called Code Red and um, that's available now. And I have a website, which is www.lisalister.com or they both go to the same place or www.thesassyshe.com. Awesome. And are you on Instagram? I am, but I'm having a little siesta. So I didn't oh. <laughs> because I'm trying to be more creative. Um, but yes, I am on Instagram and it's at Sassy Lisa Lister. Awesome. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll link it below. Have a great week, guys. thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast as always please rate review and subscribe and share with your friends and family or anyone that you think this episode might be helpful to it really does help us get seen in the charts please go follow us on instagram at forking wellness and pre-order our book either on amazon.co.uk or barnesandnobles.com